Hello, and welcome to Retrospection. It's midnight, and we're going on the air with the American detective drama Midnight Caller, which ran for three seasons from 1988 to 1991. My name's Colin, and Elvis has left the building. He really has, you know. No, he's still alive. Is he? What, does he live in your apartment building? Oh, I hope not. He's always on your mind. Oh, you beat me to it. Is Curlers Whispers an Elvis song? No, it's a George Michael song. Oh, see, I'm always confusing those two. You're always confusing Elvis with George Michael. <laughs> yes, yes. It's easily done, yes. And my name's Paul, and if you saw me, you'd want to have sex with me too. Never has anything been so untrue. Oh my gosh, you should <laughs> oh, be done Colin. for that. Really? I should be done for that? That's what I was going for, yes. <laughs> oh dear. I, I've come over all queasy, hold on, I need to take some fluids. Not those oh, kind. Oh, oh, oh yes. <laughs> How long have we been talking? Like two minutes, Even not even that? And you're already off. You're already off. <laughs> I'm not off, I'm on. Oh, is this what you like when you're on? It is, yeah. Finally. 119 mm. episodes or whatever it is. 20. It's finally on. 120. But it's all right. Yeah, we, you was on for one. One <laughs> of them you were on. <laughs> <laughs> Being generous. Thank you. TVDB says that Midnight Caller follows Jack Killian, a San Francisco cop who accidentally killed his partner. Think about that, Paul. After leaving the police force, he ended up the host of a late-night radio talk show with a penchant for getting involved in the problems of his listeners. Good job. We don't do that. There's only so much lederhosen in the world. Oh, can you imagine me in lederhosen? I try not to on a regular basis. I'll send you a picture. No, don't. No, all right. Okay. I'm wearing them now. You just can't see. Can't see below. I can, can, hear, I can hear them, though. What, rubbing together? Yeah. yeah, yeah You're yeah. going to burst into flames I at any second. A lot of talc. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. You've got to put talc in there. You know. Have you? Yeah, loosens it up. Loosens what up? Everything. Again, this has gone, gone very strange. This episode stars Gary Cole as Jack Nighthawk Killian. I have problems with his name. It's so close to Gary Coleman. Do you know what? I used to have that problem as well, and I realise yeah. it's not the same guy, is it? Start, can you imagine if he starts his radio show and they're like, and you're on the air and he's like, what are you talking about, San Francisco? <laughs> what are you talking about, Killian? <laughs> oh, can you imagine? a very different show. Can you imagine Gary Coleman playing this role? They'd have to put cushions on his seat so he could reach the microphone. Well, I'm not sure you're allowed with that, but okay. <laughs> Wouldn't they? He's, very, he's, a, he's a small guy. Is he alive? It's a good question. <laughs> I know he got in trouble, didn't he, for a while. For what? Well, I, I don't really want to say it because I get it wrong, Colin. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> something. <laughs> something. Something. You got in trouble for yes. something. You're leading me. Doesn't there. everybody these days? I think so, yes. Stars Dennis Dunn as Billy Poe, Wendy Kilborn as Devon King, Jenny Wright as Angel, and Arthur Taxier as Lef- Lieutenant, I was going to say, Lieutenant Carl Zymak. And that's this episode. Yeah, um, you know, Angel. Angel's obviously not in the whole series because that'd be strange. That would be strange. Yes, Dennis Dunn doesn't get a whole lot to do in this episode either, does he? No, he doesn't. No, mm-hmm. no. Does he? Does he get more to do later on? I'm sure it's one of those cases, isn't it, where 
Because he is kind of you just get... a side character. He probably gets an episode or two in, in each season, doesn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, some info about it. I didn't know that it was uh, criticized. Well, one episode was really seriously criticized as being sensationalistic and ignorant of bisexuality and pseudoscience. Oh. Is what it was referred to. It was the episode about AIDS. I read about that and I heard that it didn't someone in the episode actually win an Emmy though or got nominated for an Emmy. Well, did they for that episode? Yeah, so it so it got criticized and also got someone got nominated for an Emmy at the same time. Well, I guess your acting could be good even if the uh the storyline isn't great. I suppose, yeah. Mhm. I mean, it got there was protests by Glad, uh Binet USA, Biolog, uh Act Up pickets disrupted the show's filming because of the episode i mean if that was today i mean this was in the days pre-internet so if that was happening today i mean it would it'd be shut down completely wouldn't it yeah in the uk it was broadcast by bbc one it was which is not what i remember oh but obviously it was i remember it being on bbc one saturday night yes yeah 9 30 p.m or around 9 30 it got shifted a little bit here and there i for some reason in my mind it's one of those american shows that sneaked out itv in the middle of the night i don't know whether that was a case maybe in the 90s maybe they got it and maybe they did do that possibly yeah they did in the late 90s but that's that's how i remember it don't all the time don't you remember those monday mornings at school when i would talk at you about each episode yeah, I remember. Well, no, I don't because I dozed off. Oh, did you? So, <laughs> yeah. so it's, it's a tactic I, you choose, still use. Call it, call it. I watched Midnight Call. He's <sighs> talking about Midnight Caller again. No, come on. You're blowing your wad too soon, eh? You might. I might be just, you know, leading you up the garden path. Wouldn't be the first time. Some of the music in the show is by Sade. Yeah. That's all I'll say. Okay. <laughs> all right. So... Do you want to get into the episode or do you have more little nuggets of information that you want to lob in my general direction? Oh, I'll lob. Um, there's there's not a lot out there, really. Um, Wendy Kilborn's character, Devin King, this was this was something that amused me. I didn't realise because it's been such a long time since I've, I've watched this show. But she owed her fortune to her father's chain of laundromats, apparently. Yes. Yeah. She, she's also great at ironing out all the plot details, eh? Oh, was that one of your jokes? It was. I've got another one. The radio studio. I know. The radio studio that she works in must have been like a powder keg. I mean, you never knew when things could spin out of control, could you? Oh, records, right? Right? That's what you're going for there? Records? No. Spinning. You know, spin dryer. Oh, yes, yes. Was that your two jokes? You know what what really pleases me is that you got them out of the way right at the beginning of the podcast, so I wasn't like waiting for the whole thing. Oh, I've got some more. I've got some more. Oh. Oh. Um, the the, okay. the creator of the show, Richard, De, is it Delello, is it? Go with yeah. that. He um, apparently took the show's title from a song by Badfinger, which, of course, was your uh, handle at school, right? Colin Badfinger Woodward. And then people would say, are you Badfinger? And I'd say, all ten, baby. <laughs> and then they say, but two of them are thumbs. And I'd go, shut it! <laughs> Gary Cole was one of those actors, wasn't he, that used to pop up all the time in, in sort of 80s and 90s TV shows, Miami Vice, Moonlighting, which I watched the other night, actually. Um, Brady Bunch, the movie. Mm. He's proud of Yes, he was the dad, he was. right? I'm sure Brady he's proud Bunch. of that one. 
And apparently he's still around today. He does a lot of voice work in, in cartoon shows. He's done Family Guy. Uh, Lower Decks. Does a voice in Lower Decks, which neither of us have ever oh, seen. favourite. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Velma. So he's making some good choices. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it pays the bills. I guess so, yeah. Uh, Wendy Kilborn. We're going to talk about her, I would imagine. Um, if you if you want to, she she quit acting and became a lawyer, right? She did. Um, she she starred in lots of things like North and South, Murder She Wrote, Eighteen, Riptide, Cover Up, Knight Rider, Matt Houston. All shows that some of them we've covered, and I would imagine the rest of them we will cover at some point. All right. So this episode is called Conversations with an Assassin. Is she an assassin? I don't think she is. She's a yeah. serial killer. She isn't paid to do kill anybody. When I saw the title of the episode, I thought, oh, this is going to be some sort of like weird Cold War story, you know, maybe a, a Russian assassin who he has to hmm. talk to for some strange reason on his radio show or something. But no, it was nothing to do with that at all. No, it's not. Re- well, I suppose there's a conversation. She does call him. <gasps> maybe he's the assassin. They just never got to that part before the show was cancelled. <laughs> Well, he does kill two people in this episode, or does he? That's right. Well, yeah, he accidentally kills his mm-hmm. partner, and then her gun's not even got bullets in. Yeah. Well, so he's he's pretty much a murderer at pretty this much. point, and he's just going around pretty killing much. people. Yeah, yeah, he's successful though. He's this. Maybe he was paid to kill his partner, and he was paid to kill her. If only they got to that difficult fourth season that would have explained it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where they would have gone. What do you think about the music in this? It's very uh, late 80s. Yeah, it's by um, Brad Fidel, who did the music for um, Terminator. Oh, it reminds me of, uh, do you remember the Stacey Keach Mike Hammer? Yeah, it's got that um, sense of a like 3am in a in a bar someplace, hasn't it? Where you're, you know, you're, you're smoky and everything, you're just propping it up. Sultry. That's the one. Sensual. Seductive sacks. What? <laughs> Snacks. <laughs> Snacks, yeah. <laughs> biscuits. Got your bourbons out. <laughs> just pads left. It's just biscuits. That would have made it better. It's got a thing for stockings, this opening credit sequence. Yeah, there's lots of close-ups, isn't there? Um, of of uh, legs. But before that, we get, we get an opening yeah, of Jack looking down... Um, I presume it's a grey, but we don't really... I was waiting for a payoff for this, but we don't really, do we? No, it's, it, look, I assumed it was a grey, and we have the voice of who turns out to be mm-hmm. Angel, the assassin. We call it serial killer, really. And she's doing a voiceover. At first, I thought at some moment she's going to go, get me out of here. Jack! Because <laughs> he's looking down, and we the camera's pointing up at him. Oh, we get a wide shot, and he's just talking to an umpa-lumpa. That wouldn't have been good. Doesn't really have much to do with the plot. All this, and it goes on for quite a while. This like shots of streetwalkers and I, I think the influence of Miami Vice is very evident here, isn't it? Yes, mm-hmm. and yeah. all through the episode, to be honest with you, it is. But it's a very slower paced Miami Vice. Yeah, uh, I would imagine that if you took out all the montages to music in this episode, the episode would be about twenty five minutes. Well, there's, I want to talk to you about that towards the end because there's a bit that just. Through me, okay. So we'll get All when right. we get to it. I'll mention it. So like he, he and his partner are on a stakeout. Mm-hmm. We don't really know who they're waiting for, 
because Jack's just telling a story about the time he met or didn't meet Elvis. Yeah. And at the same time, we're cut into a sex worker and she apparently she charges 75 straight down. Straight down what? That's a good point. Don't know. You'd have to she, imagine if you're in the car with her and she said that and you're like, I'm sorry, I just don't understand the lingo. Could you could you explain what that is? She's like, you're, you're a cop. You must be a cop. You're getting me to say it. And she's like, no, no, I just don't understand what you mean. Straight down, straight up. What? On the rocks? Moment, moment's kind of long, gone by then, isn't it, really? It's interesting because why the sex worker is talking, in the background, there's a sax worker really playing There it. is, yes. So they, they're not very subtle about when they try and sneak up on the guy that they're, um, that they're supposed to be staking out, are they? No. This is one thing I've always wanted to ask a real police officer. Do you generally yell police when you're nowhere near the person? Or do you wait till you actually get up to them and go, police officer? I would imagine that you do that. Yeah, yeah. makes more sense, mm-hmm. right? But then you don't get a great chase no. like we do here. And we get a great chase down a very dramatically lit alleyway. <laughs> it, it is. I actually thought it looked quite atmospheric and well shot. I I've no problems with that, but do alleyways really look like that? No, but it's stylized in the same way that a lot of Mammy Vice was stylized as well, wasn't it? No, Mammy Vice was real. Oh come on! <laughs> <laughs> Florida looked like that in the eighties. It's all neons. We... <laughs> all right. So they're chasing this suspect down the alleyway and uh, there's a gunfight. And I guess for some reason, his partner decides to go round and then come straight at Jack. (laughs) Meanwhile, the person they're chasing has gone round and is behind Jack. Mm -hmm. So when Jack opens fire, he shoots his partner. Now, this is the worst partner ever. And I moan about you, but at least you've never shot me yet. I, I thought it was a nice twist that that it's the main character that kills his own partner. Because normally, and you know, and you, you, this is a trope that you see lots, isn't it? That you know, the main character, ex, a cop who loses a partner, and we've seen it. We we saw it in Split Second, oddly, didn't we? Um, we did, yeah, yeah. But in this instance, it, it's not the fact that he did something that got him killed. He actually killed him. Yes. Which I thought was something different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's okay. Yeah. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, the the bit I have a problem with is that he doesn't seem to get any comeback from it. Well, it moves so... See, you, you, you talked about this earlier. That, that you, you, I'm getting the impression that you think this is quite slow. Whereas I thought that this episode moved quite fast. And, 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 it, and it truncates the whole period where he's... In a minute that we're going to talk about where he's... He, he's, he's out of his job and he doesn't want to go back and, and he's and he's struggling to deal with what's happened. It gets truncated into about a three-minute montage, doesn't it? Yeah, but there's, there's two different things. The narrative is fast, but the scenes are slow. Okay. I, I, I didn't have a problem with yeah. it. Maybe I'm guessing that you did then, but I... Oh, no, I'm just I'm just saying. I, I don't don't really have a problem okay. with it. I'm just pointing it out. But, but it does, because he's been for two and a half months... And then he gets a phone call because the phone call's like his lieutenant um, Zymax, mm-hmm. is it? And he says, "Oh, it's been two and a half months. I can't, I can't, you know, you've been on holiday for two and a half months. I can't hold them back anymore." 
It's like, is that all you get after two and a month holiday? Is it, Pop? <laughs> I just kept thinking, so he decides not to go to work anymore and just drink all the time? Lucky. Yes, so was there no investigation? Yeah, I guess not. Well, well, there is the line about internal affairs are going to speak to him like tomorrow when he has to hand his gun over. Yeah. Yes, yes, but we don't no, see no. any of that. We just see him drinking. And then so he's drinking in a bar and it's like 11 o'clock in, in the morning, you know, because he says sitting in a bar at 11 o'clock in the morning is not funny. Is it, Paul? <laughs> um. I, I refuse to comment on the grounds that it might incriminate me. <laughs> so. Okay. So his girlfriend Tina turns up, but Jack doesn't want any help. We should also mention that, because that, we skipped over it, that the sex worker kills someone. Oh, yeah, yeah we missed the actual <laughs> uh, plot point. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, because she starts acting weird. She's like, are you married? And he's like, what, what do you care mm-hmm. about that? And he's like, do you, do you love her? And he's like, what? And then she That's shoots right. him. That's right, yeah. But as you say, he, he loses yeah. his girlfriend, Tina. And we're 13 minutes in, 13 minutes into this episode at this point, and I'm still listening to that bloody Sade track that they keep playing. Hey, you've paid for it. <laughs> Tell me about it. Well, I didn't. But... <laughs> and and we, get, we keep getting these monologues from the um, sex worker serial killer as well, over the top of everything. Yes, we do. Yeah, where she's telling mm-hmm. her feelings and sort of, I suppose, why she's doing it, although you don't really get a clear picture of it. But she's talking about Jack as well in these monologues. So this pilot is... Another thing that's weird about it is because everything's kind of from her perspective, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, later on, like you talked about, you normally where you get a montage, what you get instead is her describing all the events that have happened to Jack. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I thought that was good. It was different. Yeah, it's the um, it's the American Beauty thing, isn't it? Where she's already dead, but she's narrating the episode. Oh, Paul seen a film, everybody. Paul seen a film, and it didn't have spandex in it. <laughs> yeah, so Jack's girlfriend turns up. He doesn't want anything to do with mm-hmm. her. I'm sorry, says Jack. Not as sorry as I am, says Tina. Oh, she didn't shoot anybody. <laughs> How could it be? She she's more sorry than him. No, he's very sorry. Devon King turns up at his house and offers him a job of being a radio host. Apparently she's been round to other cops, like asking who would be the best for this kind of thing. And they say him all the time because they call him the mouth. Mm-hmm. You used to be called that for a very different reason, right? <laughs> yeah, I know why you said that really quickly because you knew I had that written down as well, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> as you said once, got to get it in there quickly. That's very, That's very true, yes. You know, you, you, you'd love... This is your fantasy, isn't it? Devon King turning up at your door, offering you a job. Yes. You'd love it, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. You'd love it. Yeah, especially if you should call me the mouth. <laughs> Are we allowed to say that? No, probably not. No, but, no, yeah, who cares? Not. At this point, does it matter? Ah, uh, maybe not. So, so we talk about Wendy Kilbarn? You said you wanted to. Oh, I thought you probably would want to. I did have a crush on her when I was a younger man. I know you did, yes. When I was talking about um, how great uh, Gary Cole was in, 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 the, in the show and how great the plots were, you were nodding away and then Wendy Kilbourne. That was all that yeah. came out of your mouth. That's all that mattered. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it? Is it the short hair? <laughs> no, I've not got a thing for wigs. <laughs> <laughs> has, there has to be somebody underneath it. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking. I never, I never put this together before. But like, oh, here we go, here we go. But th- there's a reason for this, and I know what you're going to say. But there is a reason for this. Okay, go it's on, all right. Say what you want to say. Defensive. Don't get defensive. No, Tasha Yar. That was another one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, the the second Dax in DS9. Right. Yeah. 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 Yep. Wendy Kilborn. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, I'm sure there's others. Carrie Lowell. Carrie Lowell. Oh, how did I forget about Carrie Lowell? Yeah. So yeah. So um, uh, Janine Turner. Oh, here we go. I don't need to. I don't need to reel them off. Here he go. <laughs> He's on it now. You say it. Yeah. So what's the reason? I'm just curious. If you want to share with well, our listeners. No, the reason is not that I just. Uh, it's not that I like women with short hair. That was the look back then. So the women I liked happened to have short hair at that period of time. Very, very impish. Uh, I think it's called the pixie cut, actually, Paul. Yeah, yeah. Very, um, very boyish. <laughs> oh, I see. I see what you're doing. All right. What? I'm okay. not doing anything. Just, you know, saying. Well, you're safe then. You don't have her. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's going too far. I'm too short. <laughs> Although, Star Trek the motion picture. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I presume you mean you mean Ilya, not Decker. Oh no, DeForest Kelly. Oh yes. I mean, who wouldn't? Medallion. Yeah. Right, uh, yeah. <laughs> that beard <laughs> hides a million sins. Tell me about it. So you can already sense that Devon is uh, she. She's going to be a well-written character, isn't she? You know, you can you can already sense that she's strong. She's independent. Um, but surely those things didn't exist until at least five years ago, Colin, did they? No, you didn't, you didn't have independent, strong female characters before now. They didn't exist at all. Nope. Got to say, you, no joking aside, you couldn't. You, already better written than half the things that you see now. Yeah. Yeah. So she wants him to join the radio station and do like a, a, a phone in, you know, mm-hmm. an American version of James Whale. Oh, that's a deep cut. It is, isn't it? Red Rose Rock FM. Yeah. 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 I bet we're the only two people that know what that is. <laughs> that's true, yeah. right? I mean, we're probably the only two people. Well, I guess other people are listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. I thought you meant no. <laughs> oh, oh no, no! Even I'm not listening. No, I know. Now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so he does go to see her the next day. There's, an, I, I thought we were going to get a bit of. Oh, I'm not going to do it, and she'd have to chase him. But no, he, he he's going to do it. But probably needs the money by now. Right? I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. He, he his whole persona seems to have um, changed. From him being this sort of slightly alcoholic, depressed, miserable guy that shot his ex-partner to now he's like cracking jokes every two seconds and he's like carefree. So it took two and a half months of him drinking and then she turns up with a job offer and he's like, hey, whereas in real life, he'd still be an alcoholic and would just turn up drunk. I think so. If he could be even bothered to put his pants on. Probably. And he'd be dead. He'd be dead in six months. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so there's a bit of a switch there, but we'll go with it, mm-hmm. right? So they show him how the, the radio station works because you've just employed somebody who's never worked in a radio station before to do a mm-hmm. late-night show. So you got to tell them which buttons to press, right? Don't want any idiot doing a podcast or radio show, do you? Hey? As long as he hits that red button that says record, you're fine. Yeah. Not the other red button that says explode. Well, I've not hit it yet. So we see a wedding and... Uh, the angel, our killer, is watching the wedding and we get some slow motion. Got to have slow motion. It's the late 80s. Oh, of course, yes. Although slow motion in this slow-moving show uh, see, I don't, is really slow motion. I don't think it's slow moving. I think this is quite fast-paced. Yeah, you would at your age. Oh, come on. It zips around quite quite quickly, this episode. Yeah, yeah. The, the narr- like I said, the narrative does. Mm-hmm. So Devon's written a script for Killian to use on the radio show, but he just he just he just throws it away like I do with one of your scripts. <laughs> it's true, yes, you do. Colin, I've written you the script for the podcast. I'm not reading the shit. <laughs> I would never try and put words in your mouth, Colin. This Paul, I'm not reading this shit. <laughs> Toss it aside. He calls himself the Nighthawk. Are you allowed to give yourself a cool name? Well, yeah, I guess so. Who else is going to do it? I mean, you did. You used to call yourself the Day Sparrow. <laughs> That's because of my large pecker, though. Yeah, really? Yeah. I thought, it, I thought it's because you like sitting on eggs. <laughs> that too. Yes. You know, you dropped the seeds in very early, didn't you? Yeah. Swinging it really. Looks at watch. <laughs> what? <laughs> Evening still young. <laughs> uh, the angel kills another man. Yeah, he does. She does. She does. <laughs> he does. She does. Yeah, she mm. does. And then we got cut back to Killian and, you know, people are calling him up. And someone calls him up and starts to be rude about the shooting. Yeah, this is all sort of like at the, the, the head of a like a little bit of a montage of him taking humorous calls from people as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, you, you knew somebody was going to phone up about it at some point. Oh, well, um, someone having a pop at him about killing his partner. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's usually having a pop at everybody else with his gun. <laughs> well, that's true. But um, this is this is like the Twitter of the late 80s. Oh, can you imagine? Oh, it, Twitter would be perfect for um, for this character, wouldn't it? That, oh, are we, are we, are we thinking a, a new version, a reimagining of Midnight Caller, where, he, where he's like a Twitter host and he, he does... Twitter and people like caught with their problems and he solves their problems through Twitter. Well, it wouldn't be Twitter now, would it? It'd be threads. That's the new thing, isn't it? Yeah. Which we're on, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. You mean apparently? You did it. I didn't do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. Sorry. <laughs> it was all a blur. Yeah. I'd been drinking. Mid- Midnight Caller would, would be um, something that could be done now. Slightly differently, but obviously, but because I don't think late night talk show hosts are they still a thing now on radio? I don't listen to, but they must mm. be, right? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, it'd be a, like a Twitter mm-hmm. thing. That'd be less enjoy enjoying though, just watching text right <laughs> on <up the> screen. <laughs> yeah, it's not quite as not quite as cutting, is it? No, no, not really. No, we get a bit more monologuing from so, from the killer, don't we? Actually. Take it, talking about how Jack's radio career is progressing as well. Telling us as an audience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is she writing in a book? 
I'm guessing that's what it is. Or, or it's just, as I say, like an American Beauty type thing where it's just a dead character talking to the audience. Yeah. And then, she, like you said, she's getting obsessed with him. And then she finally calls him. She does. On the radio she station. Does. And she gives him dates. And it turns out that her first kill was the night that he shot his partner, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we saw mm-hmm. that, yeah. Yeah. The structure of this with the montages and the narration by the killer, I don't think I've ever seen this in a TV pilot before. No, I mm, like it. Yeah. It's a shame they didn't keep this. Yeah. Well, every single person does a narration well, and a montage. No, what I mean is you couldn't. You could do where the show is. Um, so you, you've got you've got your story. Someone calls him, and every, every episode is through that person's eyes. Ah, okay. All right. It'd be different. Yeah. I'm not sure you can sustain it for three seasons, but. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure they can sustain this either. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, doesn't it fall apart after the second season? I don't think. I I've, I have memories of, of Wendy Kilborn not being in it. So I, I must have seen them. Mm. But I couldn't tell you anything about it. And this is coming from someone that, that liked this show. Yeah, yeah. Let's just assume that when we were younger and we were watching this in the third season starts, I was probably gloating at that point. Probably. I think you probably were. In fact, I... Oh, oh, Paul, not talking about Midnight Caller this Monday, are you? Are you? Hey! <laughs> I'll find something else to annoy you with, Colin. You know Very, very quiet about Midnight Caller this Monday, aren't you, Paul? <laughs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> All right. Is it is it is it like that last season of Beauty and the Beast? <laughs> you had to go there, didn't you? Oh, is that another one? Yeah, 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 yeah. So Killian finds out from Lieutenant Zymac that there's a female serial killer on the loose. He does, and it's a nice little location uh scene, isn't it, where they're walking through the streets talking. I thought that was well shot. Yeah, yeah, they did they use uh, San Francisco quite well. Mm, mm-hmm. And then we go back to the radio station and he's getting more calls. And he gets a call from a woman who has been beaten up by her husband. You see, at first I wondered whether this was the killer because the voice sounded very similar, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But it also shows that he gets a lot of different types of calls. Yes. And that, and that he's no nonsense when he comes to dealing with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He says what he thinks. Because he just, he, just, he just tells her to leave. Leave her. Well, he's the husband. mode. That's true. Mm-hmm. He is. Yeah. So then when he goes home, though, Angel calls his home number instead of the radio station. If you're doing a late night talk show about criminals and crimes, you probably should go ex-directory, really, shouldn't you? Well, it's early days for him, though, isn't it? So I'm guessing maybe he's just not thought that through yet. Maybe he did it after this. Unless she was just calling every Jack Jack Killian in the phone book. I mean, I don't know how many there is. She's like, hello, are you the mouth that does the radio? Well, who are you? What do you want? Sorry, wrong number. <laughs> I didn't like the way you did that. It's like shivers down, me. Hello. Yeah, yeah, stop it. I, li- I like your radio show. <laughs> what radio show? I don't do one. <laughs> Sorry, wrong number. I think you'll find it's an internet podcast, actually. <laughs> <laughs> The, the 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 killer's apartment looks like something from a meatloaf video, doesn't it? There's all candles everywhere and uh, flowing uh, lace, you know. 
It's a, it's a serial killer's apartment. That's what they do. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. What's, what, what's that in the background there, Cole? Candles and... Oh, no, 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 nothing, nothing. That's that, That's just, no, no. What's in your fridge? Is that a new game show we're doing? <laughs> What's in your fridge? <laughs> Whoa, eggs! <laughs> Tune in next week for What's in your fridge? Hey, this time next year we might we might have got down to that level. So you know, resorted yeah. to doing that. Yeah, <laughs> we won't run out. There's no more films or TV shows. We're just doing What's in your fridge? We call random people in the phone book and ask them What's in your fridge? Do you want to know what's in my fridge? Beer. Next question. You got it. <laughs> got it in one, Colin. Well done. You're a natural. You're good at this. I know. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's, it's, it works. What, it this works. time next week, what's in my fridge? Beer. Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think this is, it doesn't have legs, does it? So, so we should say that the reason why she calls him at home is because she's less than impressed by a little ruse that that they pull were um, after his conversation with Lieutenant Zymek. They Zymek calls in, pretending to be someone, and he's mouthing off about the killer, isn't he? Yeah, pretending to be Bernie, something right. like that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. One thing I also like—I uh, don't know if they change it as the season goes on—but usually with these kind of shows, the ex-cop who turns into a private eye or whatever is hated by his colleagues at the police station. But in this show, they seem to be okay with it and they're, and they're helping him. Yeah, because we get a shot of them all listening to it and laughing at, at, at everything yeah. that's going on, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah, good. And, and Zymac here, he teams up with Killian. He, he's like, you know, unofficially, I, I can give you some help or you can give me help. You get the you get the sense that they are friends, don't you? Yeah. 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 Which, which, which I thought that was good. So this is the point where I thought I'd, it had jumped because... She calls a radio station and then they're tracing the call and they're like, it came from inside the radio station. And it, it's suddenly like all this action starts happening and it bursts out of nowhere. It, and I'm like, it does. is there a bit missing from this episode? Mm-hmm. Like, shouldn't this build up to this a bit more? I thought exactly the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It seems a bit weird. Yeah. yeah. And Devon finds blood on her shirt in her office in the radio station. And the angel's there and she fires her gun at Devon but doesn't kill her. Yeah, she just destroys some equipment in the background, doesn't she? Yeah. 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 And at first I thought, how come she's been killing all these guys and now she can't shoot straight? But then I realized, oh, oh no, this was done on purpose. She's just like tormenting her, stretching it out. Sending a message. Yeah. I I don't understand why she's got got it in for Devon. Because Devon's rival in the place that, yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Again, though, fast moving. Well, all right. So fast moving, you didn't, <laughs> didn't even see it coming, yeah, neither did no, I. No, yeah. but, okay. Nope, nope. Devon's less than impressed by this turn of events. Well, you would be, wouldn't you? You hire somebody and then you get shot at. She's going to have to get used to it, though. I mean, it's kind of like what's going to happen, <laughs> you know, every week. Uh, yeah, you know? yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But she doesn't, well, Killian says he's going to quit. Mm-hmm. And Devon points out that's just what you do every time it gets. You know, troublesome for you. You just do one. What? Why was? Would I feel like that was aimed at me? 
I wasn't. Like you're saying, you know. Wow, a little, a little sensitive there, aren't you? Yeah, part? it just felt like you were telling me, you know, like every time something bad happens, you just crawl under a rock. I mean, you know, I, I, I've grown over the years. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even use that expression. You, you're really reading into this. Or I think you're projecting a little. You do know this is a podcast, not therapy, right? Well, now you tell me. After 120 episodes. Oh, imagine how much money I'd make if I charged you by the hour for therapy. I thought I was getting better. You never get better. Thank you. I'm glad I'm not paying you. <laughs> well, that's, I need the money to keep coming. <laughs> I can't get better. I can't cure you. I could just keep you going. <laughs> well, I suppose it's working in that respect. I'm still, I'm still breathing. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But Devon doesn't want him to quit. No, she convinces him that uh, this is where he's supposed to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he's a bit wishy-washy when you think about it, really, isn't he? So he, you know, he kills his partner. He goes on a bender for three months. She turns up at his apartment, offers him a job. He takes it. Then, like something happens that he doesn't like, so he's going to go. Then she says, "No, this is where you're supposed to be." So he stays. Yeah, yeah. In theory, he'd be quitting at every episode. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. <laughs> Maybe they do. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's going to get old very quickly if that was the case, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Angel calls him at home and gives him a location to meet her. And she gives him a um, a wedding ring, doesn't she? Yes, yeah, because this is the theme throughout the thing, is that for some reason she wants to be married to him. Well, you never... Because when she kills the first guy, she talks about um, how can you love your wife and love me? And then she goes to a wedding. She's looking at this wedding. Mm-hmm. So... But you never really get an explanation for it. And I kind of like that, though. Oh, you do? You like it when the writer decides not to bother explaining what's happening? My kind of writer, yes. Oh, all right, yeah. <laughs> Look out, a helicopter's appeared. Oh, you always go, you always bring that up, don't you? <laughs> all right, that was one time. That was one time in the script I wrote where a helicopter... And I nicked it from another movie, so come on. Get, cut me some slack. What was a movie, Blue Thunder? <laughs> No, I think it was some sort of Steven Seagal movie, but all right, move on. Oh, all right, all right. So he, he goes to a freaky meatloaf apartment, doesn't he? Yes, yes, it's full of mannequins. It always strikes me what a fire hazard psychopaths lures tend to be. You know, there's always lit candles. Oh, that's your, that's your big problem with a psychopath? Well, yeah, you know, there's lots of plastic <laughs> there's everywhere. There's a lack of fire safety rules. It could go like a rocket, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's all right. You, you're killing people, but you know, don't don't leave all this paper and you can't silk around. Yeah, you can't have that much lace next to a naked flame. It's it's very dangerous. Trust me, yeah, I know. Right? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. You, you stood near a gas fire wearing your lace dress. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> you went off. Speaking of dresses, she's wearing a wedding dress, isn't she? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's serious about this. She's very serious. So she pulls a gun on him, but he's faster and shoots her and she flies out the window. Well, he does try and talk her down before he shoots her about eight times. And... No, he doesn't. He just goes in there, shoots her, doesn't know talking. just shoot everybody. Devon King's lucky to be alive. <laughs> he's not living up to his name of the mouth, is he? Really? No, they should have called him the gunsmith. The gunsmith, yes. Yes. <laughs> But it turns out that the gun that she pointed at him was empty. That's right, because I, I guess during the episode when she's talking about 
She wanted him to be the one. Not the one to be married to, but the one to end her life. How good is that? It's all right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, and we finish on uh, on a monologue that Jack gives to close his radio broadcast. The first of many, many, many through the course of three seasons, I call him. I assume he does at least one every episode. Yeah, and then I, I, from going back to those conversations we had after on a Monday after the episode on a Saturday, these were always the the bits that you love the most, from what I remember. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when you meet when you say love, you mean loved, right? You just mispronounced it slightly. <laughs> it's great. I'm, I'm blowing my water here, aren't I? It, but you it, know, <laughs> it's it's very it's very up your street in that it's very. It's very pretentious and and markish and 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 dull. It's very much your thing. It's, it it reminds me very much of a Beauty and the Beast thing. If he cracked open an old poetry book and just talked gibberish for an hour, you'd have been beating yourself off with happy cloud. He days. may well do that in the course of three seasons. Who knows? You know. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. But but that is the end of Midnight Caller. Episode yeah, one. Yeah, that is. So, Paul, what did you think of Midnight Caller? So. As we said, I was a fan of this back in the day. You know that. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you remember all those heated conversations we had after each episode that we talked about? Yeah. It's good. It's shit. It's, bit, no, it's good. No, no, I, shit. I, I, I poured over the plot details, the great acting, and, and, and the, of course, the compelling monologues that we talked about. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are you from a different universe? No. Okay, because I don't remember this one. Well... Maybe I'm from the other universe. Well, mostly it ended up with you telling me I was a twat. So, you know. Yeah, but I said that anyway. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and I hadn't seen, and I've say, I say this a lot, don't I? But I hadn't seen this episode, um, seen an episode of this show since those days. Oh, you loved it that much? Exactly. I, I completely forgot about this TV show until we bring it up. And from watching this first episode of Midnight Caller again, all those years later, I have to admit, I still bloody loved it. Oh, really? I did, yeah. I, I thought the approach was something different than the usual crime shows of the time. You know, the mm-hmm. narration from, from the killer. Uh, I thought the characters were well-conceived. They were a bit simplistic in this, but it's a pilot, the, you know. The, yeah, okay. I'll say my piece in a bit. You have to give. You you have to get to where you're going to be in a pilot, and you have to have. It wasn't even a ninety minute pilot. It's a fifty minute pilot. I actually think that's its problem. Should have been longer. It should have been a ninety minute pilot. Yes, I would have been on board with that. Hundred percent. I know you will. <laughs> I thought it looked great. I thought it was shot really well, and at times it looked quite cinematic. I thought Cole and Kilbourne are good. I like the music. Mm-hmm. If this was a new show today, which I always think about when we go back and watch these old shows, I'd be all in on it. Would you? Yeah, I would. Climb Even straight in. There's no superheroes in it. He's kind of a superhero. He's a superhero of the airwaves, isn't he? He's a superhero to you. Yeah, exactly. So for me, this is definitely still a hit. All right. Go on, lay it well, on me. Thank you for listening. <laughs> retrospection <laughs> oh come on <laughs> there's been worse I, I I think I think it should have been longer 90 minutes mm-hmm. um I think the uh the serial killer I don't think she's very well written 
I think she's the weakest part in the whole episode. It, 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 she is just a contrivance to get you where you need to be, isn't she? Yeah, and it, and if it had been ninety minutes, they could have used those extra minutes to actually flesh out her character. Mm-hmm. Um, there are things I do like. I like the use of her narration mm-hmm. to tell us what's going on and propel the montages forwards without actually having visual montages. So that was good. Um, and I, I like the idea of the the radio station. Uh, it's, I can't. I don't know how they managed to stretch it out to three seasons, but clearly they did. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. Um, I think he's a enjoyable character. Yeah. Okay. Says his piece well, and uh, yeah, uh, when I finished it, it did make me think that I should probably watch more of those. So, while before when I was young. Happy, carefree. I uh, hated this show. Now that I'm weighed down with the worries and the troubles of life, mm-hmm. yeah, I kind of liked it. So, is it a hit? I'm going to say yes and be generous and say yes, it's a Ooh, hit. You've turned around on me. Look at, look, look at your little cherub happy face. I wasn't expecting that. I thought you were going to browbeat me. No, I leave your brows alone. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> well, I'm I'm shocked. I have to say. Yeah, yeah. So the, the, the only thing I really don't like is those annoying Markish like speeches at the end. Who does that? Ugh. And that brings us to the end of our show. And let's take a moment to think about the alone and the lonely. Those that feel the days are longer than the nights, and yet that sunlight seems darker than the cloudiest midnight skies. But you're not alone. You're not lonely. You have us. Retrospection. We're the blanket that wraps around your fears and dries the coldness of your tears. Good night, world, wherever you are. Oh, you know what? It is shit. <laughs> <laughs>